Good afternoon. Um, it's great to be back for, I think this might be our 53rd episode of Disruptive Voices of the Pacific since we've started this podcast less than a year ago. It's been amazing to be able to interview so many different stories um, of abuse, of brokenness, of sex workers, to hear from professionals, to hear from leaders. And I think uh, I keep meeting as I'm here in Fiji a lot of people that are saying they're listening to the podcast um, and that they're finding hope from it. And so it's exciting. So thank you again for tuning in today. We are sitting here at one of my favourite cafes in Suva City, Moments, although usually the aircon is way too cold. But opposite me, I have a fine young man. His name is Ben. Great to have you today, Ben. Great to be here today. Thank you so much for inviting me, Letitia. And Ben is sitting with his blanket around him because it, it's winter, apparently. Um, and he's cold. But I met Ben uh, my last trip at a worship summit and he was kind enough to take me to the airport and as we were driving he just began to unload his story. I haven't told you this Ben but by that point in my trip I didn't want to hear another story because you just hear so many stories of abuse and um, but God wanted me to hear your story and because of that your story is in the latest book Disruptive Voices of Pacific Men. You are Ben and thank you for your courage to speak up. Why did you want to share your story? Right, uh, well, uh, well, first and foremost I felt like um, sharing my story would definitely help other men out there on how to deal with the trauma that they've gone through from especially from such a young age and I really believe that um, voicing my my well voicing my opinions on my story and how or what we can do about it is something that I believe the the rest of Fiji and the Pacific should know it's something that we should raise awareness on is that um, trauma in men is valid you know it's something that deserves um, talking or speaking about, you know, sharing about and um, that, you know, it's not just about what we went through, but it's about what we can do about what we went through, you know, and how we can resolve the issues that we're facing today because of that. That's basically it. Yeah, that's brilliant. And you are facing up with the issues now at 20, 23, 24, you've just turned last week. But at a young age, you were molested by the school janitor, and I think that's what captured my heart. Um, where are the little boys of Fiji safe? Not even in school. Can you tell us how that event... What, how old were you, and how did that event impact you as a little boy? Um, well, I remember being in class, say, um, three or four. It was that young and that early when I experienced... Um, molestation in school so this uh, the janitor was something was someone who we considered as part of school family and you know with as with Fijian families you know you're not just family with your uh, immediate family your family's with everyone around you as long as you build that bond and connection with them they're considered family so he was someone that we trusted someone that we would look to in times of need in, in terms of I would go to school looking for my dad and I'll just call him and say do you do you know where my dad might be and he would point me in this direction oh I saw him last here so for him to um, do what he did 
I believe it's not even his fault because it's it would have been something that he would have gone through. So it was something that he was carrying with him. And um, is him molesting me at such a young age uh, of... Um, I was in class three, so I would have been around um, 10, 10 years old. Um, but ever since that happened, uh, my life changed. I, I, I can completely... Well, I can say that my life did change. Growing up, it did cause a lot of um, confusion in me, first and foremost. And it just led to a lot of, you know, it's like a mountain, just this massive issue that I went with, which was identity crisis. And um, the things that I went through because of it uh, was a result of that. I believe that instance, um, in, a, in a way, initiated um, a domino effect that just ran all throughout my my childhood years and it robbed me of the good times that I knew I could have enjoyed if I had not got back. But I thank God nonetheless, those are the experience that I had went through and they don't have to dictate what I'm going through today and the choices that I'm making, yes. No, I love that. So part of this identity crisis and people might be able to pick up from your voice um, is that you became a homosexual um, and have lived that lifestyle for many years, but you're walking out of, into freedom um, closely. You still, still am, and in the process of, you know, as mentioned, this was uh, this instance was something. I'm not blaming that specific instance, but it was so major in my life that it caused a, 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 a turnaround of sorts in my mind, and it it's what led me to who it's part and parcel of what's led me to who I am today you know and and as much as I'd want to um, resent that story that side of my story what I'm learning now is as I'm releasing you know that past you know I'm accepting the fact that that's what I've gone through but I don't have to have that dictate what I want to become you know as as a straw I want to become someone who's a strong person physically spiritually and mentally you know to be able to contribute positively to my family to see how my story can not only um, change myself first and foremost because I that's where I wanted to begin in my heart first and foremost but how I, I want to see how that can help others as well as they come um, you know I believe that Whoever we meet along the way, it's never a coincidence. God is bringing people into your sphere of influence so that that's the point, so that you can influence them either positively or negatively. And yes, That's amazing. And I do want to say right here, um, I, this platform is not for perfect people. So I'm not looking for the perfect stories and for us to have... I mean, you, we want everyone to come into freedom, but some people I interview are still on that process and still in that struggle, um, and it's up and down. But I love that you're on the road and you're seeking help and um, finding a good mentor. How hard is it? Because, you know, it's, it's become very common, the issues of abuse around women, but how hard has it been to stand up as a man and say, I was abused? Oh, man. Um, well... Uh, first and foremost, it's been 
I don't know about other men, but for me personally, um, it was quite hard to try and, you know, just tell my dad that I went through that. I had to be sat down and then interviewed, like, you know, or (laughs) in order for me to, like, say that. But coming out of your free will, that that information coming out in your own free will, it's very hard. Why? Because of the culture, because of the perceptions, the, the, the mentality that we have as Fijian people, you know. It's not something that you share every day. It's not something that you um, would like to share even with others. Um, and I believe, I mean, for me personally, I sought spiritual um, guidance with regards to that. I, I didn't have the, the luxury of going to, or had luxury of having the confidence to go to mentors, like spiritual mentors. So I sought the Lord in prayer myself, for myself, so that I could break down those walls. Part of me speaking out today is a result of me making that personal decision to say, Lord, here I am. I am bruised. I have been misused. I am I am so hurt. You know, there's one thing I noticed today. There's so many people carrying around that hurt, that pain. It doesn't only have to be abuse. But when it comes to men as well, speaking out, you know, it's so hard for them because of the way that they're wired. And I pray that someday that the Lord not only shows me, but other men out there. You don't have to be straight or feminine to be to to know when to share that story. You know, it just requires a bit of vulnerability, God's guidance. And, you know, I just pray that the Holy Spirit will touch their hearts, soften it. There's so many hard hearts as well. Not only hurting hearts, but hurting hard hearts. And the reason why they don't want to share it is because we're not creating a safe space for them to share it, you know. That's it. Um, you know, I, writing this book, I realised there are going to be hundreds of Fijian men walking around, having been abused somewhere, uh, addicted to pornography, and where do they turn to? Where is the safe spaces? And ultimately, our churches and our families should be the safest, most realest places, but they're usually the last places we go to because of the shame, and our family doesn't want to speak up because God forbid that our family's not perfect. So what can we do, especially in families and churches, what can we do to create spaces for our men to be able to speak up? Because generally, church, it's just a big mask. You pretend everything's okay. Um, You said the religion has driven you away from the church, and I I don't blame a lot of people. But what, what do you think on a practical level, and as a survivor of abuse, could the church do to help young boys? Well, I believe, um, first and foremost, the church should really look into how it operates in general, you know. Part of the reason why people are being pushed away is because there's a system, there's a cycle that's been going on for years and years and years. And it's it starts with um, not only the church, but just the family in general. The church is made up of a family, of a multiple groups of families that come together to worship God, you know. And so it begins with the family. And my advice, or what I want to raise with regards to that is, please, fathers, mothers, brothers and sisters even, nieces and nephews, if you hear this, 
seek the Lord on how you can create a safe space for those around you. You want to make sure that you're carrying God's presence. You know, we're not just coming into God's presence as a church just to seek Him for what we want and then we go back into our daily lives and life goes on as usual. You know, I really believe that as a church, we should be looking into how we can carry that presence with us everywhere you go. You know, you don't have to be a qualified counselor to to be able to hear someone, just sit and hear someone. You don't have to have all the answers as well, but it starts with your journey with God, you know, your spiritual walk with God. The more that you soak in God's presence, I believe, I believe uh, personally, I believe that the more you soak in God's presence, the more you carry that presence around with you. And that presence creates an atmosphere, an environment that infiltrates. The more you, that you soak, that environment, that presence infiltrates the environment that you're entering into. Foreign environments, your workspace, your, your church even is a foreign environment. If the more that you soak, the more that you carry God's presence with you, the more it will warm other people's hearts, the more it will cause them to start manifesting. Why? Because you're carrying God's presence with you. So my advice to the church is seek God on how you can create that environment. I don't have all the answers with me yet, but it begins with prayer. It begins with being open-minded seeking understanding and wisdom from the Holy Spirit because that's the only way you're going to address the issue. The Bible reminds us that God knows the hearts of men, right? And so if he is the he if he knows the hearts of men, he knows our thoughts, you know, then going to him first and foremost and seeking wisdom and advice from him on how to go about it because I know that each church will have its own way of how they would like to deal with it. So yeah, I mean, I love that, the presence of God, because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So the, the more in God's presence we are, the more free we should be. And Jesus is truth, the way, the truth, and the life. And truth is not just, you know, the Ten Commandments. Truth is speaking out, coming to terms with the reality of what is going on in lives, speaking out the good and the evil, exposing the evil. And I think if churches just began to, if pastors began to share their own stories, that would help uh, liberate a whole heap of people in their churches. Um, so, yeah, may we see more of that. Hey, can we just come back to your abuser? Um, because it's probably shocking to parents out there going, oh, my gosh, the school janitor. Are my kids safe in their school? And this was a school right here in Suva. Uh, a trusted man that you knew, um, which is quite often the case. Did this just happen once or was it an ongoing thing? And, and was he ever caught? Well, unfortunately, he was never caught, first and foremost. Um, secondly, it did go on for a bit. Um, we, From that first instance, um, my brother was present with me when that was happening. So I believe he would have witnessed that. I don't, I'm not sure if he still remembers it, but he was there when that happened. Um, but unfortunately, it did happen uh, once, twice, three times, four times. And it continued because I felt... And that, I believe, the first instance or the second instance really groomed me to to like what, I, he, what he was doing to me. And I wish I, I was more mature then to understand that, no, 
this uh, to draw the line, mature enough to draw the line, you know, towards an elder to turn and say, hey, you're doing this to me. I don't like it and you should stop. But unfortunately, I wasn't mature enough to understand the repercussions of what he was doing to me. And um, yes, it just went on and on to... I had multiple instances where he would touch me inappropriately or feel me in a certain way and cause me to to just stand and just, you know, at some at times I would just stand and I would be shocked, you know. As a young person, someone is, at a young age, your innocence is taken away from you, you know. To stand there and say, hmm, what's this intriguing thing? As a young person, you're also intrigued, you know. You're still learning a lot about life. And so being introduced to that at such a young age, I, I had no idea the repercussions or the effects that it would cause on me later on in life. Yeah, yeah and look, you can't blame yourself. You're a 10-year-old little boy. Uh, and now there is a bit more awareness coming out where parents and educators are teaching kids, if you get touched in this and this area, you run, <laughs> saying this is wrong. And so you weren't armed with that education as a little boy. And a trusted man, well, if this man who we love and trust, it must be okay. Um, and as you said, then it does begin to feel good. Um, and so it's a whole bunch of factors. And this is why parents, we must teach our children about inappropriate touch. And when they come and tell you, we believe them. Whether it's the uncle or the best friend or the pastor. Because children don't lie about these things. Um, so how did it end? Did, he, did you move away from the school? Or how did it stop? Well, I had the last incident that I had with him. Um, I guess it was just God moving him physically away from us. I mean, if it wasn't for, um, I believe God would have been heeding my parents' prayers. Well, not specifically to protect us from um, sexual abuse or anything of the sort. But just looking back, I feel like, God had a say in what happened. After seeing that it happened, he like removed him from the premises. And, and I, I'm, I'm not sure, I don't remember, or I can't recall when he specifically moved, but it was just like he was there and then he was gone. I'm not sure what age, uh, at what age that he moved away from us. Um, but eventually he was removed from the premises i guess he was fired or something but i guess yeah it's it's quite <laughs> yeah that's fascinating hey i pray that he didn't move to another school to molest more little boys and i would probably guarantee if we looked into his life there'd be porn addiction uh, again these things just don't happen um, and this is why i'm so passionate about helping men share their stories get healed because uh, abused men abuse more men and women and girls and children, <laughs> unfortunately. Um. It, it's funny because now just thinking about him, um, just what he did is, um, now I'm remembering some of the things that he did. He actually, when you were mentioning about there's an addiction to porn, he would have been addicted to porn, masturbation. I re recall one of the nights that he was um, um, inappropriately touching me, I, I believe that was the first instance that I have ever experienced masturbation. And he taught me that, you know. And uh, I guess there's a thing that we learned from um, um, the worship summit. Um, 
when it comes to kids, more is caught than taught, you know. And so he showed me that lifestyle and it, it caused, you know, um, just a rampage, a ravaging, you know, that when you're consumed with that spirit, it is a spiritual thing as well, you know. When you're passing it over to someone, it ravages that person's life as well. And what, the, what does the Bible remind us of this? The enemy not only comes to steal, but to kill and destroy. And I believe when I opened the door to that, you know, when I was exposed to that as a young person, it transferred over to me. And, you know, it's just this cycle that we need to stop, you know. And I hope and pray that God continues to expose these, these um, instances where our children, as young as they are, as innocent as they are, are being exposed to these things. And I pray that God will equip us with the wisdom, not only the knowledge to know that it's happening, but with the wisdom of how to go about it when they do report these things to us. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm speaking at a conference next week in Anandi and the organiser just said, please wake up the parents so they don't, um, she said, I think parents think it'll never happen to my child. <laughs> and I'm sure your parents thought that would never happen to my child, especially by this trusted adult. But um, we can't be so delusional anymore, unfortunately. The devil roars around like a lion seeking who he may devour and the kids are innocent um, and they're an easy prey, especially in a culture of silence and shame. And then we all cover it up. Well, Ben, our time is up, but I just want to thank you again. I know you pay a price to share your story. Um, I know not everyone will be excited um, about hearing your story or glad that you're speaking it up. But we're wanting to really um, encourage other men. It's okay to be vulnerable. Please share your story. Get help. There's safe spaces. Um, and so thank you again. Any last-minute words that you might want to give to any men who are, who are suffering in their own trauma because they were abused and they've never shared? What would you say to them? Well, um, to you, my fellow believers in Christ, and even if you're not a believer, if you're hearing this by chance, you know, um, my advice, and you're a survivor of abuse, abuse of any type, it doesn't have to be sexual abuse, but abuse of any type, it can be physical abuse, um, you know, physical abuse from the family, verbal abuse, any sort of form of abuse, I pray that, um, you would have the courage. Maybe you don't have to share it in platforms like this. Maybe you don't have the courage yet to share it in platforms like this, but to share it with someone, you know. Pray about that person. Call that person forth, that listening ear. And I pray that you would gain the courage to share about this experience. Why? Carrying around this experience with you and putting, venting it or, or, or keeping it, putting a lid on it won't help you. And as someone who had experienced that and who had um, stowed it away, stashed, trying to stash it away, thinking that I would completely forget about it, that isn't the case, you know. Sometimes God allows us to go through these things so that we can... He wants to show himself in it, you know, despite the showing that life isn't all glitz and glamour. 
these are some of the realities that people like me go through and people like you can go through as well but God wants to see whether you're willing enough to involve him in your life despite what you've gone through despite what you're going through because hey at the end of the day you still need God we still need him in our lives so please voice that concern speak up and pray yes pray with me about it i'll be praying for you and um yes just know that jesus loves you we love you as well and i hope that you can feel that love as well very wise and heartfelt words thank you ben easily i see your suffering i see Let the islands hear reason. Let